Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Ashatino. And today, well, I have to do a podcast about an event that happened four days prior. Um, and that event, if you don't know that it happened, you haven't been paying attention to the news at all. Um, it is known across the world. World leaders have opined on it. And what that event was, was on the 6th of January, a day which normally just flies by, the Electoral College vote was to be certified in Congress by Vice President Mike Pence. And a large crowd of Trump supporters gathered outside of the Capitol building And um, if you're not from the United States, if you don't know, the Capitol building is that large building you see. It's the one that got blown up in Independence. A lot of stuff got blown up in Independence Day, but um, it's the large domed building. And the Capitol building has two parts to it. On one side is the Senate, and on the other side is the House. So the Capitol building is the seat of Congress in the United States. And it is as close as it comes to being what we would consider, in a political sense, like sacred ground. Um, Yes, presidents in the United States have gotten much, much stronger over the course of the last several decades. And by several, I mean, I'm going, I'm not just talking about like since 2000 or or 90. I mean, this is going back um, to, you know, Nixon and the imperial presidency and whatnot, but The bottom line is that it's still Congress which puts forward the bills that hopefully become laws. That's where the debate over what what direction the country is going takes place. Congress has to approve Supreme Court justice nominees. Congress can override vetoes that the president puts forward. So Congress is really, you know, if you had to say you know, what is the heart of American democracy on the federal level? It's Congress. And after being encouraged by several people, um, including the president himself, the crowd stormed the Capitol building. This has never been done before. Yes, there was many, many moons ago Uh, There was a gunman who fought his way in, killed two Capitol Police officers. Uh, But that was one person, a deranged individual, he was killed. But the idea of a mob storming the Capitol building, this has not happened since 1815, I believe it was, when uh, the British, you know, Canadian troops serving under the British burned down the White House and the Capitol. Now, we were at war at the time, so, you know, that's that's kind of expected to happen. But this was offensive in so many ways, and it has brought really to a head many of the things that, you know, you, you don't like to look in the mirror and see problems. It's much easier to look out of your own eyes and see problems because you're looking at other people. And other situations and things. And it's, well, you know, that's because of this or that's because of that. Not because of me. 
no, I'm right as rain, I'm fine. But the reality was that there are things terribly wrong with this country right now. And we've been ignoring them. We've been pretending that they don't exist. We've been hoping they would go away. We've been deluding ourselves in many cases into just saying, well, it's, you know, it's not going to happen. These people are just talking. It's all talk, you know, and um, the reality is that what we're dealing with is we're dealing with a large portion of the population that is acting on a version of their own reality. Now, I want to say from the beginning that um, this particular podcast, I could have recorded it much earlier. I chose to give myself a few days to let the emotions run out, and also because I had known, as, as anyone who does these things, you know, knows that more information will come out, and more evidence of what's been done will come out. And so that's why I, I wanted to give it a few days um, to really be able to make sure that everything was what, you know, in the beginning you get all sorts of accusations. But the reality is that this was and remains an attempted coup against the federal government of the United States of America. It gives me no pleasure to say that. The right of people to peaceably assemble is guaranteed in the Constitution. Heck, the right to assemble and call uh, individuals all sorts of names, as long as they're not, you know, doing things like saying, and I can't wait to go kill so-and-so, you know, freedom of speech is guaranteed. And the people who gathered out there, even though it was under um, this completely false understanding of what had happened, what could happen, um, you know, having been fed lies, you know, this, this, is, this was a, a perfectly legal thing up until they turned violent. The violence resulted in the deaths of five individuals. Um, blood was spilled the floor of the Capitol building. Again, a place where back in the day you would go and just be like, wow, so this is where it happens. This is where you know, the strongest country in the world, the greatest country in the world, we like to keep telling ourselves, is convening. You know, lawmakers, if you, if you talk to any of them, a lot of them, when they're newly elected, freshmen, fresh women as it were, they go into the halls of Congress the first time, whether it's as a senator or as a representative, and it's always like the idea that this is now where you work. It's overwhelming. It's a sacred space, and it doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, if you belong to the Whig Party, the Green Party, if you belong, whoever you were, the Capitol building was a place, it was, it was, a very sacred space, like I said, as much as one can say that about a non-religious location. Uh, however, this mob went in, and now we find out all these things later. First, they were chanting to hang the vice president. 
they had a gallows set up outside. The gallows was structurally sound. It wasn't just there for hanging someone in effigy. Now, I, you, know, you could say that was never their place. They were just saying this and that. Well, you know what? Everyone's always saying something until it happens. Had they gotten hold of the vice president, it, there, there is no guarantee that his safety would have been ensured. Likewise, with Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, she was called names, which again, we have on, on video, recorded for all time and posterity, which I will not repeat here, because this is, you know, it's a G-rated podcast. Well, PG will say maybe sometimes. It gets a little, uh, you know, dicey at times, I guess. But it's mostly, it's, it's you know, this is what was being chanted. And of all the other Democratic senators, there were people marching in, declaring that they were seizing the election back for President Trump. They were there at the request of President Trump. They had listened to Rudy Giuliani speak and demand trial by combat. They had heard everything. They had heard the people in power call on them to save the republic. And they were determined to do as such. When they broke into the Capitol, they proceeded to destroy things. They proceeded to vandalize areas, broke into the Senate chambers. They stole a bunch of property. One looter was in there and sat in Speaker Pelosi's desk, stole mail from her desk, which, by the way, let me tell you, um, messing with the postal office in the United States, terrible idea. You'd probably get in more trouble than if you had just killed someone by messing with the postal service. Uh, but it was the gall, people chanting, this is our house. Yes, it is a house that belongs to the people. There's no question about that. The government belongs to the people. Their job is to represent us. We have a representative democracy. That's that's a republic by definition. But just because it's your house, I mean, I pay taxes in my township, but I can't just show up at the high school tomorrow and walk through the front doors and tell security there and be like, yeah, you know, shut up and sit down. I paid taxes for this. This is, this is, my, this is my school. No, there are rules. If you're going to go, you have to have you checked in. I mean, it's for protection of individuals, especially in the case of schools or the protection of children, for crying out loud. But just because you, you know, something is, it's the people's house. The White House is the people's house. You know, many, many moons ago, Thomas Jefferson used to answer the front door, sometimes in his bathrobe. If it was later in the evening, you know, and people would say, uh, President Jefferson, here, I'm handing you a petition. The address of grievances for blah, blah, blah. He would take it. I mean, unfortunately, because we've had several assassination attempts and sadly several successful assassinations on presidents since then, you know, we have beefed up security. But you know the White House is the people's house. You can't just march into it. Okay, there are rules. You know, if you want to apply for a pass, or you want to take a tour, you can do that. But you can't just show up. 
and there was looting, there was destruction. Fortunately, a lot of these people decided to take pictures of themselves doing this, which is brilliant. I've always said, and these people were domestic terrorists, overwhelmingly, that did this. And I don't use that term too lightly, um, because it's a very serious accusation against people, but their very actions, the attempt to change the outcome of an election by violence, by threatening, and by terror is the very definition of terrorism. Okay? And they were trying to change the outcome. They were trying to, they were claiming the election was fraudulent, that it was rigged. There has been absolutely zero evidence of this provided at all. Over 60 court cases, many of them presided over by conservative justices, conservative judges, many who were appointed by President Trump himself, have thrown the cases out. Now, if there was evidence, by all means, I have always been a defender of if something is, something doesn't smell right, well, listen, look into it. Let's look into it. But this was looked into again and again. And the idea that the president was putting forward that we won the election by a landslide. No, you lost. Maybe not by a landslide. I have different opinions. I mean, a landslide for me is like, you know, Reagan Mondale 84. Go look it up. Or you know, was it Nixon McGovern, I believe? I think it was Nixon McGovern. I think I ran against Humphreys and decided. But I mean, you know, when, you, <laughs> when you win 48 states or 49 states, that's a landslide. Um, by popular vote, yes. President-elect Biden won over, you know, seven to eight million votes more than President Trump. But that's the problem. They turn around and these people believe, no, that's fake. And it's the culmination of several years of being told this is fake news. Don't believe what you see. Don't believe what your eyes tell you. It's right out of Orwell. It's right out of 1984. I mean, it, it's so right out of 1984 that there are passages. If you, could, if you could get old George back up, you know, from wherever he is now, reincarnated, he'd be like, holy cannoli. Be like, you know, this was, um, I didn't write the book. If he had written the book now, people would have said you were ripping off the last four years. He wasn't, but what he was doing was he was talking about what he had observed in Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. The idea of propaganda, the idea of telling people this is not the reality. This is not the reality. I'll tell you what the reality is. And then people believing it. People saying no. No, the president won the election in a landslide. Overwhelmingly, he won. We're being cheated of this. And then again, it was like, okay, well, where's your evidence of voter fraud? You're claiming there were 500,000 votes fraudulently cast here. No problem. Prevent, present them. And it was never done. And there's a reason for that. Because it never happened. That's the funny thing about reality is that it's difficult. I mean, you could say a lot of things. It's difficult to actually, you know, present something. I mean, I could say that gravity doesn't exist. I can claim gravity is fake. All I want. Um, now, I can go and try and prove gravity's fake 
by jumping off the roof of my house, which I do not advise anyone to ever do. It's a terrible, terrible idea. But the funny thing is that when reality, in this case science, meets up with my deluded ideas of what happened, science wins. Gravity does exist. I will fall if I jump off the roof. I will not float. I cannot avoid what's going to happen. There is an inevitability about it. And that's with these people. The idea is, though, that they, and see, this is the problem, they won't accept the reality of the loss. They insist that the president won. Why? Because he said he did. Okay? And this is a huge deep state fake news operation to steal the election. And that's why they're out there with these, you know, stop the steal. There was no steal. It's illusory. It's an imaginative thing. Okay? But you had these people showing up with weapons. You had people... It's really funny. Those of you who follow my podcast will know that before I did my year and before I had a little bit of that illness bout, I did the Civil War, the American Civil War Part 1. In four years, and with armies in the hundreds of thousands, never once did a Confederate soldier set foot in Washington, D.C. Never once did a Confederate soldier invade successfully the capital of the Union. And yet on Wednesday, for the first time, you had men with Confederate flags, Confederate flags, marching through the halls of the Capitol. It is unbelievable. And it really puts to lie any idea that this somehow doesn't have what we'd call white supremacist overtones to it. Um, that and the fact that, you know, when, when the racial justice movements were taking place over the summer, the Black Lives Matters movements, you had hundreds and hundreds of arrests of unarmed people. You know, most of the looting and damage that was done, um, it's now fairly been confirmed that some of it, yes, some of it was done by just, you know, anarchists who join in on anything. But there was a lot of it done by false flag elements, okay? And this is not delusional. This is that they've, they've done research into this. The media has done research into this. And they've shown that there was attempts to, they wanted to make them look like they're bad. But you had police out in droves. You had them arresting everyone. And now, for this, where everyone knew that you were going to have thousands of people show up in the Capitol and you were getting these individuals goading them on, encouraging them to take things back, telling them that the vice president was essentially betraying the country. Now, you had a completely undermanned police force in some cases, you had the police taking pictures with these criminals who were committing uh, illegal activities. In some cases, you had the police allowing them through. And, and this, is not, you know, this is not turning into an all cops are bad type thing. Far from it. And anyone who knows me knows that's not me. 
But there was something very fishy about this. And then, I think the worst part about this, and, and the part that has caused many Republicans uh, themselves, um, the party of the president, to condemn the president and to call for his removal from office. When there is a danger for the vice president, when his life was potentially at danger of being, being abducted, Possibly being executed. I know everyone, No, they never would have really done that. Yeah, you know what? Well, everyone said they were never going to really, you know, they were never going to really storm the Capitol as well. Okay? Everyone back in the day said, you know, that, oh, no, no, no. So-and-so, this guy's only talking a lot of stuff. But he really won't do this when he gets into power. And f- that's not aimed at any one particular individual, but you can go down the laundry list of people that people made that terrible mistake about. Um, when the vice president and other people were in danger, where you had these individuals trying to smash their way in to, to their, their private offices to, to get them, and they called the president up, they called the White House and said, please, we need help, we're under siege here, our lives are in danger, the president refused to authorize the National Guard to go in. And then, when the governor of Maryland, a state, in case those of you, again, who don't know the geography, Governor Larry Hogan, a Republican, a Republican, mobilized the National Guard in Maryland and the state police, sent them to the border and said, I have soldiers who are willing to come down there and retake the situation and, and, and pacify this situation. They were denied because Washington, D.C. is not a state in the United States. And so therefore the jurisdiction falls under President of the United States. So the President, knowing that the lives of congressmen and women, including the life of his own Vice President, was a danger. Grave danger? Is there another kind? Bonus points if you get that reference. He refused to allow help to go there and refused until basically people told him, like, this is going to turn into, this could turn into a bloody massacre. They arrested a guy, I was just reading earlier before the podcast, who uh, threatened he was going to kill Speaker Pelosi. He showed up with a trailer. He had a, he had a, I think they said a Glock 19 Nine millimeter. I'm not an expert on firearms. I think that's what they said. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I know everything's a Glock to the media. So, But he also had a semi-automatic weapon. And he had hundreds of rounds of ammunition. Imagine if that individual had gotten in, had broken into a chamber which was filled with congressmen or women who happened to be Democrats or who happened to be some of the few Republicans that were siding with the Democrats. I mean, you could have had a massacre today that would be would go down as one of the most infamous events in maybe all of American history, just because it's, it's never... I mean, you know, we have lost a lot of people. The September 11th attacks, yes. Okay. Um, that was an, an action 
you know, suicide attacks on it by a foreign enemy. Um, of course, Pearl Harbor, again, by uh, another country attacking us. But this is the thing. Both sides were by other countries attacking. This was by people who took, though I say other countries, they took an American flag down at one point. Not the same one they used to beat a police officer. Okay? Beat him with an American flag. He later died. Okay? He later died. He hit him with a fire extinguisher, too. He was from South River, New Jersey, which is the town that I grew up in. It's a, very, it's a small town. I think the latest census, we have 16,000 people that live in the town. It's a small town. It's everyone. Everyone pretty much knows everyone with, with very few exceptions. I tell my students, you know, they're in, they're in one, I said my middle school had 300, a little over 300 students. Was the only middle school in town. And I was like, if you guys have, even Elizabeth, I mean, for crying out loud. We, I mean, granted, we have a K to 8 school with 600 and some kids. But I was like, we've got about, you know, 20 of them. So, you know, you got, you got thousands and thousands of middle schools. We had 300. You knew everyone in every class. But I said, you know, this is, from South River, we are made of sterner stuff. We really are. But they tore an American flag down and put a Trump flag up in its place. How is that being patriotic? It's not. It's not. This is a cult of personality. This is a cult of personality. And we're going to see the Democrats are now going to file impeachment uh, charges. It's really funny. Some of these guys like Jim Jordan and Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, who, by the way... Uh, was encouraging the people on, okay? It's also known as stochastic terrorism. That's the thing where you, you know, you don't actually say, go do this. But you, you talk about, you know, for example, if you accuse, you know, the media of being the enemy of the people, the media's left wing, the media's covering up for a, pedophile ring being run out of a basement in a pizza parlor in Brooklyn or something like that. And you keep on talking about how those, these people are the enemy of the United States. And then someone goes out and kills someone in the media. Well, you didn't say go kill someone in the media. But you know what? You got the gun. You loaded it. You handed it to someone. And you pointed the gun in a direction. And then all the person had to do was pull the trigger. And people like Ted Cruz, Senator Hawley, who was giving the fist bumps, Mo Brooks from, from Alabama talking about this is the day where we you know, rescue our liberty and everything. Um, you know, these people were inflaming a crowd. And the crowd went and did what they did. I mean, they were, they were smearing feces. They were smearing poop in the halls of Congress. This had nothing to do with trying to take things back. And if they could have, if they could have gotten a hold of some of these congressmen or women, I dare I say, there would have been people would have been killed. Okay? They would have been killed. Um, we're very fortunate 
I say that with a very large amount of irony that only a few people died. Um, and obviously to the families of those who died, I, well, to the, the police officer who died, you know, the other people, the one woman who was a veteran uh, was shot after she was breaking in through a window and they told her, you know, get back, stop. They pulled their guns out and they said, we're going to use lethal force if you come through the window. She came through the window. Apparently, from what I've heard, I've had uh, on a good source, though I haven't seen it in himself, but uh, um, she said something about, uh, it's either her or one of the other guys that did something about uh, wanting to die for President Trump. And it's like, well, I guess you got your wish. Uh, Sadly, would have nicer if you didn't die. We don't wish death on people. But this is the type of an attitude, and that's why I say, you know, this is, this is coup-like stuff in the, in the most. And it's, and it's a cult. It is a cult of personality. And, and President Trump still has 10 days left uh, because there has been talk about invoking the 25th Amendment. For those of you who don't know, the 25th Amendment is in the Constitution, and what it basically does is it allows for if members of the president's uh, if members of the cabinet determine that the president is unfit to serve, they can basically take a vote, and with a majority vote, they can write to Congress and say, "Listen, the vice president is going to take over the president's unfit to serve." Now, at that point, the president can write back and say, "Well, guess what? I'm totally fit to serve." And then there's a vote in Congress about whether or not. They're going to go through with that. Um, However, that was originally designed in case something happened to the president, if the president had to undergo surgery, or, or, you know, and then the president was in a vegetative state, let's say. There was was something terrible happened. The president had a major stroke and was in a vegetative state. At that point, you can't just be like, well, he's still the president. You have to transfer power. And the way you transfer power if the president's still alive, is the 25th. Obviously, in a case where if the president is assassinated, then the, the chain of command just goes on and um, the vice president immediately takes over. Well, takes the oath of office, he takes over. Or she takes over, as the case may be. But in, in this right here, there's talk about possibly running a 25th on him to take the power that he has away because the president has a tremendous amount of power the President of the United States is Commander-in-Chief of the military. Um, he could decide tomorrow to order airstrikes against another country. Theoretically, he could order nuclear strikes. I don't know that those would be obeyed, because we've never had that happen before. Um, you know, we've come close a few times, but those few times we've come close have been situations where we honestly thought that like World War Three was going to break out, so it wasn't kind of like... The president just woke up this morning and uh, his watch wasn't working, so he wanted to bomb Switzerland. No, it's, not, it's not how it works. Uh, and the military knows that. But the fact that the, the speaker had to have a discussion, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, about like, listen, um, I know you're supposed to obey the president because he's the commander-in-chief, but what if he decides to do something else? He decides to start bombing another country just because he wants to start a war, because he wants to leave the incoming administration with an absolute mess on their hands. 
You know, authoritarians don't like... They, if they can't win, they don't want anyone else to win. That's another telltale sign. Um, and you can see a lot of that happened when you see, um, you know, authoritarian leaders start to lose power on things. They authorized, you know, mass killings. Um, during World War II, one of the more famous examples of this was Hitler basically ordering the entire country of Germany to be burned to the ground, that if the German people couldn't win the war, you know, they didn't deserve a country, they didn't deserve to live. And, and you know, fortunately, the people that were ordered to carry this out um, refused the orders, you know, Speer being one of them. But you, you, will, you will see this, that it's like, if I can't win, I'm just going to burn everything to the ground. And so there's a lot of concern about that, about whether the president will do it or not. And, you know, again, we don't know. I mean, right now, he's very, very enraged. He's, he's been banned from Twitter, which has been his method of communicating with the American people. Um, you know, they've taken down the, the right-wing site Parler. Um, and, you know, this is, this is really... I mean, again, it's unprecedented... It's never happened in the United States before, which is, I think, partly why it's taking several days, because people are still coming around to accept that you have a president who basically encouraged an insurrection, which is what it was. It was a legal demonstration and a, a demonstration that guaranteed and protected by the Constitution up until the people stormed the Capitol. Then it became illegal. And now, given what we know... It was an attempt to stop the election from being certified. That's a coup. When you try and take over the government, he had lost the election. He was going to be out of power on the 20th. And then his people decided they were going to stop the next government and keep him in power. And it's very definition right there. You know, the very definition. So it's going to be a very interesting next 10 days. And by God, I mean interesting. Oof. We will see what happens tomorrow. Keep an eye out. The Democrats are, uh, the House is going to uh, formally bring forward the articles of impeachment. Um, so that will, that will make President Trump the first president who's ever been impeached two times. Um, it will pass in the House, I'm predicting. I, I don't know the, how quickly they're going to submit it to the Senate. It has no chance of passing in the Senate, even if they manage to get it up there. There are still far too many Republicans who will not go over and, and have the president removed. But um, it will be interesting to see which people want to sign their name off on it. And I think that that's part of what this is. Part of what this is is to get people that say, listen, you had the president incite a mob to insurrection. You had sedition being committed by these people, which is a very, very serious crime in any country. Um, there was looting. There was theft. There were felonies aplenty. People died as a result of their actions. Um, and so you still think, though, that this president should remain in power. And then we'll see who signs on and, and who signs off. And we'll see, we'll see what happens. But um, one thing is for sure, and, and here's what I want to leave you with. 
This is not going away. This is not going away. In 10 days' time, I mean, on the 17th, apparently there's talk about these people trying to storm every capital in the United States. That should be, uh, I believe I have, what's the 17th? Is that a Saturday? If it's not a school day, I'll see if I can make my way down to, uh, to Trenton to see what happens. It's the capital of my uh, beloved state, the great state of New Jersey. But this is not going to end without Trump, with Trump out of power. What has been awakened is this conspiracy-minded mentality. And this is not every single Republican. So please don't think that I'm just, uh, I've got the, the extra-wide brush out today. No. But I'm going to say this, unfortunately, it is more than a lot. Um, it is a very large number who are buying into this. And it's very dangerous because it's setting a precedent that in the future, well, we'll just refuse to accept elections. You know, the entire basis of the legitimacy of the democracy in this country is that whether you lose or not, you know, you accept the results. And, you know, in, in his defense, I can't believe I just uttered that statement. Donald Trump said before he was elected in 2016, I said, well, you accept the results of the election. So it depends on what they are. That was your first, the normal answer is, yes, I'll accept the results of the election. By the way, I think I'm going to win. So I'd be very happy to accept the results when I win. Okay? But not, depends on what they are. That's not up to you to call. Mitt Romney said it famously. He was like, listen, I understand losing elections sucks. I, I, I went through it. Romney did not accuse anyone of fraud. Romney did not say the election was stolen from him. Romney conceded to President Obama and went on to go into the Senate. Life went on. But it's only now we have someone who's refusing to accept the results and, and thinks honestly, and I do believe he truly thinks he's going to somehow get away with this. I do. I really believe that. I think he feels he's going to get away with it um, because he's never had to answer for anything in his life before, accountability-wise. And uh, that's just, you know, that's just the reality. So we'll see what happens here. But like I said, it's not going to end even after the 20th, even if Trump leaves office on the 20th. You have created a very large number of people who now... Are, are buying into things and are in a state where they really believe that they are the saviors of the republic and they're going to act accordingly. So um, we will see what happens. I will have more talk about this, I'm sure, um, coming up. I may put some mini episodes up if I can in the near future, like 10 to 15 minute little snippets just to give you guys some idea of what's going on. It's, it's a very, in the United States, I can tell you, and I, for those of you, my followers overseas, um, who I love and support, and I, I thank you guys very much. I really do, genuinely. It thrills me when I see that I've got, you know, 30-some countries, different countries that listen. It's like, holy cow, you know? I started this out, you know, in the study of my house, and, you know, I never thought it was, I thought it was cool if people from another town in New Jersey listen, and I've got people from from all over the world listening, and please do continue to tell a friend about it. Um, but in the United States, 
There are a lot of people in absolute shock right now. Absolute shock about what happened. And we'll we'll see how things go. In any case, I really hope that for the rest of you, please stay safe. Um, with the coronavirus still rolling around, stay safe and 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 be safe and and try and uh, find some happiness out there. It's totally totally not worth it to just uh, to let things get down on you. I will um I will end stuff today with a quick reading from 1984. Okay. And I want you to think about this because this is the type of an attitude that is being expressed right now. You You would not make the act of submission, which is the price of sanity. You prefer to be a lunatic, a minority of one. Only the disciplined mind can see reality, Winston. You believe that reality is something objective, external, existing in its own right. You also believe that the nature of reality is self-evident. When you delude yourself into thinking that you see something, you assume that everyone else sees the same thing as you. But I tell you, Winston, that reality is not external. Reality exists in the human mind and nowhere else. Not in the individual mind, which can make mistakes, and in any case soon perishes. Only in the mind of the party, which is collective and immortal. Whatever the party holds to be truth is truth. It is impossible to see reality except by looking through the eyes of the party. I leave you with that. I wish you well, and I will speak with you all soon. Bye-bye.